Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. want to, uh, you know, we, we want to quit on time, amen, and because you all have jobs, you have family, you have kids, and so I want to, I want to, now I want to, I want to shift just a little, and I want to talk to you about leadership, organization, and structure. I'm only going to give you uh, uh, the first part, it's in your notes, we're going to look at the first part of uh, fear not, leadership, organization, and structure. Uh, Brother Buddy, why do, you, why do you title it that way? Because over the years, I've discovered a lot of people, especially full gospel people, fear leadership. They fear organization. They fear structure. You know, 1 Corinthians 14, 40 says, let all things be done decently and in order. Now, I didn't make that up. God made that up. Amen. The Holy Spirit put that, put that in there. Amen. And, uh, but a lot of people fear leadership, especially full gospel people for some reason. You know, they fear leadership, they fear organization, they fear structure. Uh, because you hear this all the time, well now brother buddy, we don't want to put God in a box. You ever heard that? I tell these people that say that, uh, oh, excuse me now, uh, did I hear you right? You are going to put God in a box? Well then let's forget God and let's go with you. I mean, if you're powerful enough to take God, put him in a box and keep him there, let's forget God and let's go with you. You will never put God in a box and keep him in a box. Amen. You know, uh, uh, you know I've, I've gone places and the attitude is, well, we, we just flow with the Spirit. Whatever the Spirit wants, we just flow with the Spirit. And I say, well, the Spirit's not around. Amen. Because he said, let all things be done decently and in order. You want God to show up in every service, do things decently and in order, and God shows up in every service. I was at a church one time, and before we walked out, the pastor said, Brother Bell, I'm going to tell you something. We don't have no order here in our services. Just want you to know that. Now, he said that thinking that that's going to free me up. But I, again, I got real concerned when he said that because, again, I read my Bible. Look at your neighbor and say, read your Bible. Amen. <laughs> And my Bible says, let all things be done decently and in order. Now, I don't have one. I did have it, and uh, I think I left it. But uh, I was handed a, uh, do you have it? Uh, the order of the service this morning. No, the order of the service this morning. Here, I want to show you something. Okay. <laughs> when I saw this, I got real excited. Amen. Why? Because there's order here. There's order here. Some people think that, that's lim that, that limits the, the spirit. No, it doesn't. And I'm not against the move of the spirit. But the great thing about it is, and I've seen this, and you've seen this, where, where there's a move of the spirit, and, and when he's done, they go, well, what are we going to do now? Because they're lost. In my church, that's what we had. And when we had a move of the Spirit and, and, and uh, uh, he was done, we, we would come right back to the order. And we'd take up and, 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 and go, go with what's, what's written down. Amen. So I, I wanted to show this to you. Y'all are blessed, okay? 
some of you, I'm just saying this, some of you take this church for granted. Listen, you need to travel with me. Amen. You need to go to the churches I go to. You will run back here and kiss the pastor's feet. Amen. <laughs> I'm serious. I am so serious. I walk out of some churches, I just shake my head. I, I, I don't know how they make it. I don't know how they make it. There's so much confusion there, so much disorder in that church. People running into people. Amen. Here you go, Pastor. Give your gum back. Amen. <laughs> I can't think of a better person in the Bible to look at leadership organization structure than Moses. How many of you have ever heard of Moses? Amen. He's the one that built the ark, right? <laughs> he didn't build the ark. He helped with building the ark. No, he didn't help build. You think you know Moses. I'm going to show you some things about Moses that you've probably never seen before. And he's going to help us to understand leadership, organization, and structure. Now, Moses pastored one of the largest churches in the world. They said he ran somewhere between four to six million on Sunday morning. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen his children's church. <laughs> you know, a lot of times we want the crowds, but we don't want what comes along with the crowds. Amen. A lot of times, you know, we, uh, uh, we want the crowds, but, but, but we forget that there's, you know, other things that comes with the crowd. The, do you all have a, a, a football stadium here in, in Brisbane? How many does it seat? How many? About 15,000. Have you been there before? Oh, 50,000. Have you been there before? Yeah, that's why he wasn't at church amen <laughs> amen i got you holy spirit has a way of pointing things out amen amen and so you know how many of you and I, i'm serious about this how many of you would love to go to a church where there's fifty thousand people in the sanctuary worshiping and praising god come on i'm not trying to catch on anything i mean I, that'd be great right amen but, but while we're there, I, can I show you around this church? Okay. We'll leave the auditorium. We'll go down the hall. We'll come to Children's Church, and we'll open the door, and there'll be probably somewhere between uh, nine to 10,000 kids in that room in there. Well, <laughs> let's shut that door real quick. Amen. <laughs> and let's go on down. Now, we're talking about having 50,000 people up in the sanctuary worshiping and praising God. Amen. We want the crowd, but we often forget what comes with the crowd. Amen. Well, let's go on down the hall, and we'll come to the youth. It says youth ministry. We'll open the door there, and there'll probably be somewhere between um, probably uh, uh, fourteen to 15,000 teenagers in that room in there. Well, let's shut that door. Let's lock it and wrap a chain around the, <laughs> around the handle. Amen. Amen. We're talking about having 50,000 people up in the sanctuary worshiping and praising God. Oh, I forgot something. I didn't mention how many workers was in this room with uh, how many kids? 15,000. Who's over the children's ministry here? Who's over the children's ministry? Nobody wants to claim that now. Amen. How, <laughs> how many workers would you need with 15,000 kids? A lot. I'm trying to help you here. I want to expand your vision here. Amen. You would only need a hundred and you need a hundred and fifty thousand workers for fifteen thousand children. That is a church. Amen. 
1,500, right. Now, this is not a seminar. We're not having a one-day seminar. This is a church. So you would need more than 1,500. You wouldn't want to keep the same 1,500 in there. Procession, amen, amen, because you, you'd want to rotate. See, that's where we make a mistake a lot of times. We, we keep the same people, you know, uh, back there in the back in children's ministry, amen. And they never have a chance to come out and hear, hear the vision and get re, re, refueled or built back up, amen. And so that's why, let, let me share this with you, a little extra here. The greatest thing you can do in the kingdom of God is to reproduce yourself. That is the greatest thing you can do. When, uh, you're going to think this is funny, but when I go to churches, my number one goal, like my number one goal here at this church is to make little buddy bells. Yeah, I want to take what's in me and put it in you. Amen. And that's the greatest thing that you can do. If you're a children worker, the greatest thing you can do is reproduce another children's worker. If you're an usher, the greatest thing you can do is reproduce another usher. That's the greatest thing you can do in, 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 the, in the kingdom of God. Okay? I didn't mention how many workers we had in the, in the youth besides you all have the National Guard here. What? <laughs> Amen. How, who's over the youth? Who's over the youth? Who's over the youth? Nobody wants to claim it now. Yeah. You don't want that many, do you? Amen. How, how, many, how many workers do you need before all those youth? You had 15,000 uh, uh, youth in that room. See, church, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you to, to think beyond where you're at right now. Okay? It's not impossible. It's not impossible. There are churches that run 100,000. There are churches that run 50,000. There are churches that run 200,000. This could be a church that runs 100,000. Hello, hello, I believe there's 100,000 people here in Logan. Someone corrected my theology this morning, told me, we're not in Brisbane, you're in Logan. <laughs> Always love to be corrected after I preach, amen. <laughs> I don't think he's here. He's in Brisbane, that's where he's at right now, Amen. Amen. You guys are so wonderful. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But turn to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17. Now, that is a very famous chapter in the Bible. And uh, you all know the story. There's a very famous story uh, in this very small chapter, Exodus chapter 17. It's the story of Moses, Aaron, and Hur. We've all heard this story. God told Moses, go up to the top of the hill. As long as you hold up my hands, hold up your hands, Joshua will win the battles. Amen? Pastor, would you help me out again? I want you to be Moses now. You was Jesus earlier, but I want you to be Moses. Okay, come on up here. All right? Now, I, I need an Aaron, and I need a Her, an H-U-R. Okay, come on, Adam. You can be a Her. Amen. I want you to hold up your hands, all right? You get on either side, okay? Hold up his hands, all right? Now, for years, Adam, do, do you want to get out here early tonight? Uh, just, just, just do what you're told, okay? 
You know, you know, I had a person one time after I got done preaching and said, you know, Brother Buddy, you offended me today. Not, not at this church, but uh, <laughs> they said, Brother Buddy, you offended me. I said, really? I said, what did I do to offend you? Because I want to know, because I don't want to go someplace else and offend someone. I'm, I'm not that away. I, my, I don't have the attitude, well, you know, you just have to, you know, suck it up, you know. I'm not that away, okay? And I said, how did I offend you? And they said, Brother Bell, you use too much humor when you preach. And I said, really? I said, you know, I wish I could take you with me on the road. I wish I could have you stand beside me and listen to person after person thank me that they were able to laugh out loud, to smile, and some with tears running down their cheeks. Some saying, you know, I didn't think I had the joy of the, no joy of the Lord no more. Amen. You know, the Bible says a merry heart doeth good as a medicine. Some of you, when you walk out of this church tonight, you're going to feel better. Amen. Because you're going to be healed. Amen. Don't let the devil steal your joy. Amen. You know, some people say, Brother Buddy, you're the funny bone in the body. I said, well, praise the Lord, I'm in the body. Amen. <laughs> That's where I want to be. I want to be in the body. Amen. All right. So, Adam, let me do the jokes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. For years I've traveled and I've gone to churches and I've used this illustration. I brought the pastor up, I'd sit him in a chair, I had two, two uh, people stand on either side and hold his hands up, and I would tell the congregation we are here to hold up our pastor's hands. But uh, many years ago I was with a Christian businessman, a friend of mine, I had just preached this in church, and we were sitting in his office and he says, you know brother buddy, you left something out of your picture. And I said, no, I, I did not leave anything out of my picture. He says, oh, yeah, you did last night. And actually, a lot of ministers don't mention this uh, that you have left out. And I said, I did not leave nothing out of my picture. Now, the reason I said that is because when I read the Bible, the Holy Spirit paints pictures to me. That's why I have illustrations a lot when I preach. And every word in a verse is a stroke of the, of the brush on the canvas to me and so I look at every word in a verse because I a picture is being painted to me all right and so I got out my Bible and if you would turn to Exodus chapter 17 and I begin to read about this story and lo and behold I have to admit I had left something out of my picture it jumped off the page to me this time when I read it let's see if it jumps off the page to you in verse 5 it says and the Lord said unto Moses go on before the people and take with thee the elders of Israel and thy rod wherewith thou smotest the river take it in thy hand and go Behold, I will stand before thee upon the rock and horb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the, the name of the place Meshach and Meribath because of the chiding of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Now verse 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel and read them. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men. Go out. Fight with Hamlet. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. And so Joshua did as Moses said to him, and he fought with Amalek, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Now verse 12, but Moses' hands, notice plural, hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, notice, plural, 
and the one on the one side, the other on the other side, and his hands, plural, were steady until the going down of the sun. And then I like verse 13. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Now, what did I leave out of my picture? The rod of God. For years, I have used this illustration and never mentioned the rod of God. The rod of God is significant of the power of God. When God told Moses to part the Red Sea, he didn't say, stretch forth thy hand. He said, stretch forth thy rod. Flesh did not part the Red Sea. The power of God parted the Red Sea. And maybe you knew this. I didn't know this. But when the Red Sea was parted, it was five miles across. We're talking about the power of God. Amen. Now, the Word of God, that is significant of the power of God. God told Moses, Moses, as long as you hold up my word, Joshua, hello Joshua, will win the battles. We're not just here to hold up flesh, but we're here to hold up the man of God or woman of God's hands that's got to hold the word of God, the power of God. Why? So that Joshua, hello Joshua, so that Joshua can win the battles. Now, I believe that should be the picture of the local church. Amen? But I want to get a little more detailed in my picture, okay? We have Moses in the middle. He's representing the five ministry gifts. We have Aaron and Hur. One is a Levite and one is a priest. Now, the Levites, what were their responsibilities? Their responsibilities was to do the praise and worship, the set things up, carry things, ministry of helps. We got ministry of helps on one side, and we got priests, governments on the other side. What are they doing? They're in unity. They're in one accord doing one thing and one thing only, and that's holding up the Word of God, the power of God. Why? So that Joshua can win the battles. That includes everybody in the church. Now, I'm going to throw something out here that's a little, you know, uh, shakes the... the, uh, ministry a little um, you'll never hear me say fivefold ministry never that is the most dividing word in the body of Christ which one of the fivefold are you that puts a little group over here and the rest of us over here amen so when I'm asked which one of the fivefold ministry gifts are you I say, I'm not. I'm one of the sevenfold. And I got you on that one because seven is God's number. And what's the other two? Helps and governments. And that don't leave anybody out. We're in this thing together. Amen. You know, and when they ran out of that, then they went into apostolic team. And I said, oh, you left me out again. Which, are, are you on an apostolic team? No. I'm on, I, I, I. I'm in the body of Christ. Amen. Okay, just a little extra, you know, something to, you know, stir you up just a little bit. All right. I believe that should be the picture of the local church. We've got, we've got helps and governments, and we've got the five ministry gifts. They're in unity. They're in one accord, doing one thing and one thing only, and that's holding up the Word of God, the power of God. Why? So that Joshua can win the battles. But, sad to say, that's not the picture we see 
in a lot of churches. Oh, we have Moses. He's got a hold of the Word of God. We've got the ministry of helps. You're here, but you're over here. <laughs> Full of selfishness. Wanting to have your own ministry. Wanting to do your own thing. Oh, you're here. God's brought you here. But you're over here full of selfishness. Wanting to have your own ministry. Moses, you got to hold your hands up. Amen. Oh, you're here. Governments, leaders, you're over here. Up they go, Moses. You're here. Leaders, you're here, but you're full of pride. Well, when he recognizes my leadership ability and gives me a position and, and, uh, and a title, then maybe I'll do something in this church. And then we've got Moses in the middle. And the question is this. How long can he hold it up by himself? Hmm? As long as he holds it up, Joshua, you win. When it comes down, you lose. You lose. So I wonder how long Moses can do it by himself. Whoa. You just... You're clapping because 12 families just left the church? The word came down. Joshua is losing the battles. Amen. Up, Moses. Amen. But isn't that the way some people are? They come to church and they sit and so, let's, let's see how long he can do it by himself. Let's wait till he's hurting. And then maybe... Maybe I'll do something. But Joshua, when it comes down, you're coming down with it. If you want to, you can change hands. Go ahead. Pastors are always changing programs. <laughs> the reason why, because they have to do them by themselves. Amen. But praise the Lord. The ministry of helps gets delivered from selfishness and they come over and they grab a hold. Praise the Lord, the uh, leaders get delivered of pride and they come over and they grab a hold. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, you felt something when those two came in and grabbed a hold of your pastor's arms, right? Amen? You felt something. Now, I know we're not supposed to be moved by what we feel, but you felt something. Let me tell you what you felt. That's what victory feels like. And that's the feeling that everyone should have when they walk out of this church on Sunday morning. Amen. They should have that feeling of victory. Why? Because they know, they know that the Word of God is being lifted up. Amen. You, you, know, you, you have a question for me, and it's a good question. How would we know, Brother Buddy, you know, if the Word is being lifted up or not in our church? And that's a very good question. And the answer is this. Remember in the beginning when the word was being lifted up high? Remember how the Joshua's would come in with their victory reports? How they won this battle and won that battle and they kicked the devil there and they kicked the devil here? Are you still hearing that many reports? Are those Joshua's even still here? 
not hard to figure it out. So I have a couple more questions for you all. My first question is for you in the Ministry of Helps. Where are you at in this picture? Do you have a hold of the man of God's hand, the woman of God's hand that's got a hold of the word of God? Are you in unity? Are you in one accord to do one thing and one thing only? Not just for your benefit only, but holding up the word of God, the power of God. Why? So that Joshua can win the battles? Or are you over here full of selfishness, wanting to have your own ministry, wanting to do your own thing? Only you can answer that question tonight. You in leadership, where are you at in this picture? Do you have a hold of the man of God, the woman of God's hand that's got a hold of the word of God? Are you in unity? Are you in one accord to do one thing and one thing only? And not just for your own benefit, but lifting up the word of God, the power of God. Why? So that Joshua can win the battles? Or are you over here full of pride? Well, when he recognizes my leadership ability, then maybe I'll, I'll do something in this church only you can answer these two questions fear not leadership organization and structure we need that in the local church can i have an amen amen, amen. give them a hand they did real good you can be seated Amen? Oh, man, we're doing real good. We're going to end on time. Look at your neighbor and say, I love that buddy bell. <laughs> hey, amen. But uh, let, I've only got a few minutes. I don't want to get started into something else. Tomorrow night, uh, I'll share this with you. I'm going to uh, uh, teach the second half of this teaching. Okay, and then uh, also, uh, 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 I'm believing I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer the question I gave you uh, at the beginning tonight about the best gifts. Would you like to know what the best gifts are? How many of you think you figured out what the best gifts are? Two two of you, not sure, right? Okay, we'll we'll find out what the best gifts are tomorrow night. Okay, we'll do that, and then we're gonna finish the second half of this teaching right here. Amen. But uh, um, I, I'm, I'm at a point where I don't want to get into something else. And, uh, but uh, uh, let, me, let me share this with you, uh, talking about Jesus and the ministry of helps. I want you to take a look at when Jesus, when they rode the boat across the sea, okay? I want you to look at that story and what he did in that, all right? Uh, they went and got at the donkey. Remember that when Jesus told them to go get the donkey? And Jesus, he didn't go get the donkey. And then Jesus got on the donkey, and they led the donkey in town. And it was a brand-new donkey. It wasn't a used donkey. It's okay for pastor to have a brand-new donkey. Do you know that? It smells different than a used donkey. Amen. Amen. And so there were many things, and I want you to really look at the Gospels. There were many things that happened on the way to the cross. Amen. And how the disciples, what their part was, and then what part Jesus had in getting there, okay? And so when you read the Gospels tonight before you go to bed, amen, you take a look at that and see all those things, amen? Again, I want to thank you for being here tonight. We've got more. 
on uh, Tuesday night, I'm going to share with you probably one, the one, one of the most powerful teachings that we do on the Ministry of Health, and it's called Winning First-Time Visitors. We're going to look at why some people don't return to our church, and we're going to find out that it's not pastor's fault. Amen. When I go to churches, I'm often told, Brother Buddy, we have a lot of visitors, but a lot of them don't come back. And when you meet our pastors, you'll understand why. I don't know how many times I've been told that. You know, if they didn't preach the way they do, if they didn't dress the way they dress, if they didn't act the way they act, we know, we know, Brother Buddy, that more of our visitors would come back. But I tell these people, what you just said is not true. It is a proven fact, the first person you meet in a new location, that's the person that influences you the most if you return or not. I said, let's go back out in your parking lot, let's come into your church, go everywhere a visitor might go, talk to everybody they might talk to, meet everybody they might meet before they ever see, ever hear the pastor of your church, and we'll come up with 10 or 12 reasons probably why they didn't come back and have names for each one of them. And I have an amen. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about the people behind us, amen. <laughs> but I'm going to show you Tuesday night, I'm going to show you a first-time visitor in the Bible. And she's going to help us to understand possibly why some people don't return, but also in turn, she is going to show you and I how valuable and how important you are to your church amen that we're in this together we need each other amen so would you stand up with me hallelujah i'm gonna get you out five minutes early look at your neighbor again and say i love that buddy bell <laughs> amen amen hallelujah let me uh, bow your heads let me let me pray over you hallelujah i tell you what i am so excited so excited for this church and and I, I told pastor uh, Tony and, and Patsy I, uh, today I said you know uh, you know sometimes you, you don't realize what you're doing I said you know what I've seen and what I've seen going on in your church I said you guys are doing an absolutely great job they really are I mean it's it's isn't it Kathy isn't it a joy to be in a church like this amen and we're not just talking about uh, we're, I'm not just talking about because you're here but it's the way this church functions we watch I watch okay I'm big on decently and in order and this is why I'm so excited because I know this pleases God amen greatly pleases God and your worship and praise is, is, is right there. It's right there. And uh, so I, I just, I want to tell you that because you, you don't go nowhere else. And I, and I do. And, uh, and I'm at an age I can say whatever I want to say. Amen. <laughs> Whenever I want to say it. Amen. And uh, so I've learned just to tell the truth. Amen. But uh, God bless each and every one of you. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for tonight, and we thank you again for this opportunity to feast upon your word. And Father, I, I, I know this, that it was a sacrifice for some to, to be here tonight, to take this moment of time in their life, to, to come in and to be stirred and challenged again. And Father, I, I thank you for this. You said the faithful shall abound with blessings. 
and I thank you for the faithful that are here tonight. I, I, ahead of time, I thank you for the faithful for, for tomorrow night also as we feast upon the word again. And Father, we just thank you for using us in the kingdom of God. Help us, Holy Spirit, to be all that you want us to be. And I thank you for this in Jesus' name. And we all said amen. amen. And I want you to turn to two people. Everybody say one, one. two. Once you turn to two people one at a time, throw your arms around them tonight, give them a hug and go, oh! Squeeze the devil out of them. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.